Well, hello, everyone, and welcome in to Southeastern 14. I'm Blaine Gilmer. I'll be joined by Chris Lee shortly as he wraps up the Vanderbilt game. They're trying to decide who is the most awful team out there in Las Vegas, and neither one wants to uh, give each other the right to be the good one that comes out on top over there. Just an awful, awful game over there with Vanderbilt and UNLV over there, 37-37 at the, at the point of last when I saw it. So, guys, uh, come in here, hit that like button, drop in your comments. We're going to take all of your comments here. We're going to talk through stuff. Chris Lee will be joining me here in just a minute, but my goodness. Uh, not the coach WWE is more legitimate than college football. Hey, but these new clock rules, man, it, it is, it is crazy. There's one thing that I have learned is that these clock rules level the playing field so much for a lot of these teams. Cause if you can just find ways to get a couple key first downs, you can limit possessions out there that are. I mean, it's just huge. It's just huge. Like, Georgia had the ball three times in the entirety of the first half against South Carolina. It is it is crazy. Uh, SEC football says, I'm done with UT football after tonight. So, he is, he's had enough. Uh, you know, it is it is crazy right here. Tyler Tyler McCoy, based on today's result, and Mizzou maybe going 10-2, and two, unrealistic. Listen, here's what I said about Missouri coming into the year and we're going to get into that huge win we're going to get into lsu's win we're getting into georgia's second half performance uh florida of course you know taking care of business in the swamp against a tennessee team that looked totally inept offensively so we're going to get into all that but the thing i said coming into this year about missouri is they are always going to be in every game because that defense is so experienced they have 10 seniors, I believe, on that defense. They were turning 10 starters, got even some more seniors on the bench coming in off of there. And the way that they were able to hang in there. And finally, I said my whole statement coming into the week was free Brady Cook. Let him start taking some shots down the field. Let him utilize his legs, which they did in the red zone down there. Let him run the football a little bit. So, Missouri, you got uh, John right here, M-I-Z, and uh, KZ Zoo says Z-O-U. So, Missouri with a huge win. In fact, let's uh, you know, let's start right there early on. Mizzou beats K State on a walk-off 61-yard bomb. I mean, the thicker kicker comes in and hits it. Guys, I was I was watching on on my phone, so it was a tiny screen, but y'all can tell me if I'm wrong here. That thing looked like it to me. It would have been good from 65, 66. I mean, he had some extra on that. The guy that was back there as a return man for K-State kind of turned around and looked kind of in disbelief as it went through there. So, uh, the crazy stuff right there. Tyler Spouse comes in. Uh, Chet Buxton says, amazing kick. And by the way, all in spite of whatever went on with Eli Drinkwitz and company right there getting to delay a game penalty. Can't happen. Can't happen. Absolutely almost just malpractice right there. A terrible, terrible management of the clock. But the way that the way that uh Mavis came in there and just absolutely bailed him out with a just howitzer shot off of his foot. I mean, ruh ridiculous there at the end so that is a huge win for the conference for the sec because they needed it man out of conference has been a fear to start the year and that is a that is a big one for the sec to put their their flag in off the defending big 12 champions over there uh 
not the coach says always go with the team with the less bets because Vegas has taken a hold of college football. Hey, uh, maybe so that, you know, Iowa and Iowa state had that scandal over there. I think some sec offensive lines may be point shaving right now because the offensive line play is atrocious at certain plays like places like Alabama, Georgia at times. It's awful. I mean, it's like, man, are they trying to keep these spreads close on some of these games? Because it is atrocious, some of the play up front. Yes, Brady finally did some cooking. Uh, no, I, I won't block you for that pun. I said free Brady Cook all week. That was that was what we needed to see out of Missouri. Just let him go be a playmaker. Right now, as we're talking about this, Arkansas is trying to drive to pull – Pull, pull even with BYU, and you go look at this box score for Arkansas and BYU as we're talking about this, and it's not like they've just been overly matched, you know, outclassed by BYU. They just haven't had anybody step up and make plays other than Sategna on the on the punt return, which was unbelievable. Arkansas just doesn't have that explosivity in their offense, especially with Rocket Sanders not being there. Not enough separation by the receivers. Isaac Tesla makes some, you know, really great catches at times, but just not a whole lot of explosiveness. And they just fumbled the football back to BYU, turned it over. So now they'll have three timeouts and the ball is in their own territory. My goodness. Uh, so Arkansas on the ropes here. Um, some of the cupcake wins. Texas A&M looks impressive over ULM. Auburn gets it going late. They had terrible quarterback play once again. Peyton Thorne, I think, at one point had 46 yards passing in the first half. That's two things that we're seeing. The offensive line play is not great at times for a lot of these teams, and some of the quarterback play is atrocious at times. Let me let – me, that's a good segue here into this. Joe Milton and Tennessee's offense get shut down by the Gators in the swamp. I am telling you one thing. I said all preseason coming into the season. Anybody that listened, Joe Milton has not proven that he can be the guy that, you know, drives an offense that absolutely, you know, handles all the all the pressure when it comes at him. Every time he's been a starter previously, he's lost the job. I wouldn't be surprised if he loses the job. I said before the end of the year, my bold prediction for Tennessee was that Nico, uh, I'm Oliva, however you pronounce his last name, I'm going to say Nico, that Nico would start multiple games for Tennessee. And I definitely think that that comes to fruition there. John comes in and says, uh, Florida's running backs, Gators running backs looked incredible. Yeah, Etienne and Montreal Johnson looked great. But that was what we said was going to be the kind of the, the, the hinge point of this entire game. Tennessee's defense is not a defense that is very sound what it is is it's disruptive they try to make plays negative plays in the backfield and they could not do that florida was getting pushed you have to give billy napier credit he can get an offensive line coached up ready to go where he gets some push even last year when florida wasn't very good that offensive line at times would get some push and run the ball effectively and etienne was fantastic tonight on the night let's see what the sophomore uh, Etienne out of Louisiana, he finishes the night for Florida, 23 carries, 172 yards, 7.5 yards a carry and a touchdown. Trevor Etienne, just tremendously impressive tonight. Graham Mertz, uh, you know, he's not, he's not going to be somebody that just absolutely takes over a game, but if you give him that kind of running game that we saw here, he's able to effectively get the ball to Eugene Wilson, to Ricky Pearsall, 
um, guys enough to be able to move the chains. And it was a the the environment was hostile. Joe Milton did not handle it well. But getting back to Joe Milton, the main thing about him is, guys, he is not accurate. Okay, and the late great Mike Leach said, "You cannot coach accuracy. Either a quarterback has it or he doesn't." Joe Milton has a howitzer attached to the right side of his body a bazooka over there but he cannot spot it at all he has no idea where it's going no idea not consistent and in that Tennessee in that Tennessee offense you saw late in that game they did not trust Joe Milton they're behind two scores and they're running the football because Josh Heupel did not trust him to throw the football late, okay, in fear that he would make a wrong decision, turn the ball over. They were still trying to run the football. Tennessee, without a quarterback in that system that 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 can that can strike fear into people and consistently delivering the ball down the field, I don't, I don't know what you're going to do because eventually people are going to load up to stop the run. You're going to get one-on-one shots, but man, it's not it's not going to be good enough. Uh, we got here, not the coach Mizzou uh, can as long as more bets are going against him. Uh, so he's telling me, yep, Vegas and all this kind of stuff with with Missouri. Listen, Missouri is a good football team. Tennessee, the whole East now, with even with Georgia, okay, the whole East is absolutely wide open. As a matter of fact, the West is wide open. As a matter of fact, the entire SEC is wide open, okay? Maybe the most impressive team today was LSU, and I have to say something to LSU. LSU, I'm sorry. This is a personal note for me. I'll return to my preseason thoughts of you. Sincerely, Blaine, okay, because I doubted LSU today because of, hey, they just totally quit in the second half of that Florida State game, and I thought, well, that is not a good indication of leadership on that team if they're just going to quit. And we we saw that, hey, Florida State today, they beat uh, Boston College by two points. So it's not like they're the 85 Bears or something, okay? And they made LSU quit in that first game. But Jaden Daniels comes out and does the stuff that we thought Jaden Daniels would do in the preseason. I picked LSU to win the West, okay? I I picked LSU to get to the college football playoff because I thought they would beat Florida State. And the reason I thought that is because I thought they'd have an elite defensive front, which they showed today. I thought they would have elite offensive line play, which they showed today. And I thought Jaden Daniels would be that dude and, and Malik Neighbors would be uncoverable. All things that they showed today. Bad timing if you're Mississippi State. That's not good for you. Uh, oh, boy. Tyler McCoy says, Vandy just lost to UNLV. My goodness. My goodness. Let's see that that score right here. Was that in overtime? Oh, boy. So, yes, Vandy goes down 40-37 to right at the end in regulation to UNLV. They were a four-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. That is is tough. I I believed that Clark Lee and company were going to get things turned around a little bit uh, this year. I thought, you know, momentum was going in the right direction, but that is absolutely rough. Tyler Spouse asked, can we talk about how Bama's struggled against USF today? It's LSU's division to lose at this point. I think LSU, but I also wouldn't discount Texas A&M either because I think LSU and Texas A&M can both really put up points. So I'm excited to see that one. Um, But, man, and that is is the last game of the season for those two teams, and it is in Baton Rouge. So I agree. I would give LSU the edge. I did pick them 
going into the season, but I was I was fooled by their their lack of fight in that in that uh, second half of that of that Florida State game. But Tyler Tyler Sprouse here says talking about Alabama struggling against USF. Yeah, how does Alabama with what they've had? in that run, this dynasty that they've had offensively, how do they get to the point where they do not have a quarterback that is a, you know, competent SEC quarterback? They got terrible quarterback play, and it didn't get helped out. Ty, Ty Simpson came in, and I guess he's going to be okay, uh, but decision-making at least didn't kill him. But I told anybody who could listen coming into the summer that Alabama's offensive line, is a liability. Everybody say, oh, they're they average, you know, 340 pounds. They're humongous. Yeah, they're humongous, but they can't move. JC Latham and Caden Proctor are getting just run by like they're standing still when they try to pass set with some of these, some of these uh, you know, fast, fast edge rushers. I mean, cannot even get a hand on them, and they're around the corner bending on them. Alabama can't run the football. I mean, it is it is rough. It is rough for Alabama right now. And, uh, you know, that Ole Miss game, I think it's going to be hard for Alabama to to score with Ole Miss. Now, they, they are fortunate that they get Ole Miss at home, but you you look at those two offenses and you tell me, you tell me which one you're more confident in being able to put up more points next Saturday because it's uh it's crazy it's crazy. Um, Tyler McCoy footwork is what is needed on the line. Being big only does so much. That's right. Uh, Caden Proctor man is uh is struggling right now. He's a freshman. One whenever you have a freshman starting at left tackle, that's bad. I, I said hey if you got freshman starting or heavily dependent upon in the two deep which they do have a lot if if one of their guys across the from left left guard over to right tackle goes down alabama's got freshmen in the two deep and that is that is absolutely not a good recipe so i agree tyler 100 percent there it is wide open guys absolutely wide open um chris is going to join us here in just a little bit after he gets done finishing his story for the Vanderbilt game, which they just lost to UNLV as we're talking here. But, guys, biggest thing that stu- stood out to you this weekend, let's let's get those in here. Uh, WTK says, is Tennessee and Florida that good, or is everybody just horribly inconsistent? All right, hey, there's Chris. How you doing, man? We're live. Hey, uh, let me make sure the microphone's hooked up okay. Yeah, you're um, good. Good. I, boy, what a – what a crazy day of SEC football. I'm, I'm still trying to process a lot of what I've seen. Um, no looking doubt. forward to next week when we've got fewer games to follow at once. I, I don't like the all the non-conference games and everything because it, it just makes for less you can watch. But, I mean, college football, is is it not just upside down right now? That I haven't heard yeah, anything I mean, I you said, that. and that is my first thought. Oh, I think everybody uh, – man, I just think everybody has deficiencies that – some of these programs haven't had in the past, and there's a whole lot of inconsistency. Um, but we had a question here uh, from WTK. He said, is Tennessee that bad? Is Florida that good? Or is everybody just horribly, horribly inconsistent because of all the new guys from the portal and stuff like that? I think that you're seeing, in my opinion, Chris, I think you're seeing effects of uh, guys from key positions, of course, going to the NFL, a lot of, I mean, a massive 
massive draft class from the from the SEC this past year, guys who are directly contributing right now in the NFL. And then the portal, usually, you know, you had guys in there in programs like Georgia, Florida, Tennessee that had been in the programs three and four years that had kind of filled those roles. Well, now because of the portal and, and okay, if you're a backup, you know, you stay, you go somewhere else. They don't really promote from within as much. It's like, okay, bring in a freshman or now you got, now you got new talent coming in somewhere else. I think a lack of continuity within the program of the personnel itself is hurting some of these programs. Well, I, I think there's several things and excuse me, I'm, I'm trying to, to, tune whatever game I need to be watching right now on, which I guess is BYU. Um, as I listen to BYU you, I, I think it's, oh, okay. I think it's a few things. I, I, I think it's a bunch of stuff actually. Okay. SEC specific. I don't think the quarterbacks are as good as we thought they were going to be. I, I think that's one thing. I, I think number two, I think we're about to see all kinds of parody in college football like we've never seen in our lifetime. Uh, yeah, the I mean, portal COVID like years. 2007. <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm getting I'm getting the feeling it's going to be more than just like a one year thing. Um, you know what I mean? I mean, you, you still got now. I think when the COVID thing cycles out, and I'm I'm looking forward to that happening because I'm I'm sick of guys playing sixth and seventh years. I just think it's make it a little bit of a mockery of the game. I mean, I shouldn't say that. I had a I had a nephew that played six years because of it, and he he made the most of an opportunity and made it onto the CFL, and I'm not sure he would have gotten that. So I'm happy for kids like him, but I, I just – everything's everything's just so crazy right now. But I, I do think that the good thing, as much as I don't like the way everything's been made, I think you're going to have incredible parity. We're going to have storylines we're talking about as big deals at the end of the year that aren't even on the radar. What if you have like three two-loss teams make the playoffs, Blaine? I think something like that's on the table. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm mean, going I off know. on a tangent You're talking here, about your team. What's that? You're talking about in the 12-team playoff next year? No, I'm talking about I'm talking about now. I, I'm just now, saying zero I, chance. There'll be there'll be a couple of teams out there that I mean, I think you might have one two loss team, but like you look across the country right now, there's a couple of teams out here, Chris, and I you mentioned quarterback play. I know this is an SEC show, but there's a couple of teams out there that are getting consistent elite quarterback yeah. play. Like Colorado. US with, uh, with Caleb Williams, you get Michael Penix Jr. out at Washington and Sam Hartman at Notre Dame, those kind of teams. I mean, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard for people to to beat some of those teams. Now, I know a couple of them play each other with Notre Dame and USC, but there's there's some teams out there that'll that'll run this thing with only one loss, probably one or less loss. And then, of course, you got Georgia. I haven't talked about them yet, but I'll put it up here. They they dominated in the second half, but had another slow start. Uh, yeah. Just absolutely. It's not that Georgia is playing like bad football either, Chris. They're driving the field, but they had three possessions in the first half. Total three possessions. Yeah. They had one possession in the and they drive all the way down. And if you if you're methodically driving down like that and then you just fizzle out there in the red zone. Well, it's an empty possession. You know, Carson Beck's not turning the ball over. Carson Beck's just not making elite plays. He's just playing efficient football, but he needs to 
get you know that offense needs needs more of the explosive plays that we saw in that second half and it did show you the i think the championship dna of georgia to be able to come out and say okay it's time to step on the gas and go and they did but eventually chris they won't be able to just turn it on uh in a game where they start slow well, three teams with two losses making the playoffs was probably a little much. My my point is, I think you're going to see, I, I think you're going to see some unpredictable things that weren't on anybody's bingo card. I mean, maybe that's maybe that's somebody from a non-power five team making the playoffs. As all these teams are just offing themselves left and right. I don't know what it's going to be. My point is, I think you're going to have some weird stuff happen this year, uh, and we're not even. We've got more games to play next week in September. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, so right now, Arkansas is trying to salvage this thing. They're first and first and twenty. I don't know where they are on the field. Thirty-eight, thirty-one. Um, they they've got the ball, so they're they've got a minute and seven. They've passed midfield now, so it's first and twenty yeah. on the forty-four yard line. KJ Jefferson and company trying to trying to save things here. Also, some news, Chris. While we're watching this, Devin Leary. Uh, they had a pretty good performance tonight, but I think he got yeah. got injured at the at the end of that game. Uh, you know, Leary Leary looked good at times tonight. I mean, they, Kentucky didn't just. I don't think Kentucky's a team that ever is going to just come out and just put fifty fifty something points on somebody. But they looked good at, at times tonight. They they had a little bit of a slow start, but they didn't really turn the ball over a ton. I think Ray Davis is doing his thing over there, but. That's something to watch if Devin Leary, because he hasn't been, you know, just elite. But my goodness, he, they got Vanderbilt next week at Vanderbilt, yeah. I believe, starting off conference play, uh, and you know they need they need Devin Leary to to help them out here. Yeah, that I mean that Vanderbilt is vintage Vanderbilt bad. Um, for those who didn't see it, they they lost the game to UNLV, and, and just <laughs> only only Vanderbilt could do this fashion. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't I didn't get to see anyone that excuse me, I'm gonna turn a ceiling fan on here to, to cool things yeah. off a little bit. But uh go ahead and continue. I'm I'm listening. Well, I'm talking about this Georgia, this Georgia game. Uh guys, if you're a Georgia fan or a South Carolina fan, drop your comments in here as we talk about this. Uh you know, it's it was a rain game, a little bit sloppy in terms of that, but you gotta give credit. Chris, really a whole lot of credit to Spencer Rattler and his kind of resurgence here of just being able to – it's not like Georgia was playing bad bad defense most of the time either. Spencer Rattler was making some really good throws, and he was by, buying time there uh, a lot where he was, he was drifting back, drifting back, and would make throws. And then he had him going early. But at the same time, as you give him that credit, Chris, you got to give that Georgia defense and Georgia coaching staff credit for coming out and, and holding them to a goose egg in the second half. Yeah. By the way, KJ Jefferson just about gave one away here that I, I think I could have picked off. Um, I don't know if his arm got hit. I saw that kind of out of the corner out of my eye. He got hit a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, you know, and, and did it without juice. Wells. juice Wells hurts that ankle. What first quarter after the score, I'll, I don't even know how he heard it. That was the subject of debate and they battled. And, you know, I, I think not having a running game, is kind of what brought that game back into play. Georgia's defensive line eventually just kind of took over and, and started doing Georgia things a little bit more. Uh, Carson Beck started finding guys downfield. AJ Jefferson um, just completed it on fourth and 18. Wow, what a 
Okay, let's see if they can get one here. So they're going to – I don't know if they're going to spike it. They don't have timeout, so it's 19 seconds, 17 seconds. KJ takes the snap, gets it to the sideline for Sategna. So they're going to be on the 16-yard on the line with 12 seconds left. Uh, so as we're talking about Georgia and South Carolina, you're, you're seeing – uh, in real time here, and that's why we do these reactions. We turn them on, and we're talking about we're talking about Arkansas trying to come back in real time here. But Randy Payne comes in. Randy, uh, we just watch a lot of our shows. Thank you, Randy. He says, "Go dogs from Tifton." Uh, so I appreciate Randy tuning in, guys. While you're in here, and we're reacting to these games, we're we're waiting right here, watching the last 12 seconds of Arkansas. Hit that thumbs up button. It helps us out a lot. Uh, subscribe to the channel if you don't already. We cover SEC sports every single day. You can't get sacked right here. Oh, he Darn throws it away. Did. Almost got it sacked. Away. Almost got sacked. Oh, and a flag. Through. Is that going to be a, a pass interference? On, I mean, a, a holding on BYU maybe? Well, if it's on no, – Oh, well, it's no, on the, the umpire threw his cap, so does that mean somebody ran out of bounds maybe? But if it's holding on Arkansas, is that a 10-second runoff? Is that the end of the game? Uh, might be. It is holding on Arkansas. Nope. Well, it's not a 10-second runoff, I guess, because they said second down. So, five seconds left, and it's just going to be a heave to the end zone here uh, with 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 Arkansas having one last chance. So, it's going to yeah, be pretty interesting. Late. And that looked a little, uh, little ticky-tack. I mean, it wouldn't have mattered. Um, Cal Mexi says we suck and it's because of coaching. Which team are you referring to? Because that could apply to a lot, uh, yeah, a lot of teams. I think there's there. a, I think there's a few fan bases. John says 62 is killing Arkansas this quarter. So yeah, some offensive line play. Well, Randy LSU didn't play bad today. <laughs> no, they didn't. Neither and did he, he and he got sacked. Oh no! Oh, he no, he it threw it to, to a lineman. To a lineman. That's and that's back. illegal touching. He's gonna. And it's over with. Arkansas loses to BYU. My so, goodness. all right. Let's let's read. How many SEC teams lost as favorites today? Vanderbilt, Arkansas, um, Tennessee, and I guess that's it. Missouri got one back as a dog. Yeah, and I I led the show off kind of talking about that sixty-one yard walk-off bomb from. The thicker kicker over there. I mean, just unreal. Oh my goodness! I, 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 that was one I was very happy for him. He has been a, a terrific player for them. Had a bad year last year. Missed some kicks he usually makes, and I always kind of liked him for whatever reason. I was, I think they said I, I don't know if that's the longest field goal in SEC history, or it sounded yeah, like SEC that's the record. longest field goal, or, or, or among current SEC teams. I don't know if there's. Somebody no, that was later, the SEC record. Okay, so it is. I, I think the broadcast crew was a little um, ambiguous with its yeah, summarizing it is, it of that. Is crazy. Anyway. It is crazy. So, Cal and Mex, did, Cal did you see the kick? The, the kick was almost dead center, and it was good by a couple of yards, too. Oh, yeah. I said that the Kansas State guy who was back there to return, Chris, he kind of turned around. That thing was good another four or five yards, I think, he had on it. I mean, he absolutely, yeah. he absolutely nailed it. Um, but Cal Mex, he says here on Arkansas, he says, no way you don't have a quarterback who's 250 pounds taking the snap with fourth and inches multiple times. So they're uh, second guessing a little bit there. Uh, is Enos okay? Is he is is he homesick? Um, lots going on here. Uh, he said, I told y'all 
about Miz. Y'all didn't believe. Listen, I've been high on Missouri. I think I picked him to. I think I picked him to go nine and three. I think uh, in in my preseason prediction, I, I've I've liked them a lot. So uh, I like Brady Cook. I like you know when they actually get the ball to Luther Burden. It's amazing what things happen when you get it to your best yeah. player as much as you possibly can. Uh, and then two. That defense, we said, you know, there was times Will Howard and Kansas State and Chris Kleinman over there, they're a great, very well-coached team, and you knew they were going to get theirs, but Missouri stood up when they needed to defensively. And, you know, like we said, at the end there, it's just absolutely clutch, even with Eli Drinkwitz trying to sabotage them at the end. What surprised you the most today, good or bad? I'll, I'll let you – if you need a minute, I'll give you – mine um if you want to give me yours then i'll give you mine that's fine too but there there were there were three or four things that i'm not gonna say i couldn't have seen coming but i, I was surprised that we saw today i think that what surprised me the most was the lack of penetration from tennessee's defensive front uh okay. florida just pushed them around and i thought that you would see okay I thought you would see that coaching staff, Tim Banks and that defensive coaching staff. He's got Willie Martinez on that staff. All, a lot of guys have been around a long time. I thought they would have said, okay, Etienne and Montreal Johnson, you are not going to run the football on us. We're going to make Graham Mertz beat us with his arm, and they did not do that. They did not do that at all. Uh, you got to give Billy Napier a lot of credit for – if there's one thing the guy can do, it's he can he can call some plays and he can he can get things you know get an offensive line playing in in a really good way. I don't think that Florida's going to be able to run the ball like that on everybody, uh, especially when they play Georgia later on, because that's one thing Georgia has not done is they've not allowed people to run the football on them this year, and, and they they won't. Um, and and ten, and then of course the other thing is the lack of fight from. The lack of fight from Mississippi State, I, I just thought at the very least they would cover. I really thought they would win that game. Honestly, I thought they would come out and, and play good at home, early kick, all that kind of stuff. But those two things shocked me. I think my biggest surprise was not just Florida winning it, but winning it by the margin that it did. Um, I, I felt fairly confident that Tennessee would win the game. But as I always say, I'm I'm really scared when Vegas has got a very different take on the game that, than I had, and that was one of them. Uh, so, so that's probably number one. Um, I, I think Alabama scoring 17 points today, not finding any answer at quarterback as a 32-point favorite. I guess we just take for granted that Alabama's going to going to plug me or you in at quarterback and it's going to work out that very much did not happen that game was 3 to 3 at half and i think mississippi state being so uncompetitive yeah i mean i blaine i've i've wondered about that offense and what they're doing i, I said before the season you, you don't get it both ways you don't get to have you know this legendary coach with this great offense and, and talk about you know what how valuable that is and then lose him and shrug your shoulders and go hey it doesn't doesn't really matter um yeah and changing over that personnel like that there's always an adjustment but man i just saw the way that they were running the football 
uh, those first couple of games, and I thought, okay, they'll at least be able to have some balance, and they'll be able. But then, yeah. then, then they'll throw the ball down the field a little bit more, and it just didn't come to fruition there. That front seven with Mason Smith being back for LSU. And then Deshaun Womack playing some now, who he hadn't played the first two games. See, I didn't have all that information when I was making my picks. I probably would have uh, changed a little bit on that. But Deshaun Womack is a talented, talented guy that that came in um, and is able to really help out. And, and they let they let Harold Perkins go be Harold Perkins a little bit today. They weren't trying to you know play him at linebacker, drop him out in coverage, all this kind of stuff. Just let him go play, you know. And that's what yeah. he did a little bit more today. You know who I think they might miss as much as Mike Leach, Emmanuel Forbes. Oh yeah, he. I mean, he's a he was a playmaker. I mean, look, th- those guys. You you just first round corners shut down corners like he was, and and he didn't just shut guys down. He he ran them back the other way when you made a mistake. That might be the rarest commodity in college football, and yeah. you saw what. Um, Oh, good grief. I'm I'm blanking. Jaden Daniels. Well, Jaden Daniels, but on the other end of that, too, what they did. I mean Malik Neighbors. Malik Neighbors. I sorry, I went blank. Neighbors had what, 230 something yards today? 239. Is that it? He went nuts. Yeah, I mean, that's that's where a that's where a stud corner might come in handy. No, no doubt, no doubt. And I just thought, hey, early kick, LSU. Chris, what we saw LSU do in that Florida State game was they gave up in that second half. There was quit yeah. in that team, and, and that's what concerned me, and that's what gave me reason to think, okay, Mississippi State, I don't think they'll quit, but boy, did they when they, they got uh, punched in the mouth. Uh, a team that, even though it was a cupcake, that I continue, even despite the loss like last week, Chris, that I continue to be impressed with is Texas A&M, and that's because of the quarterback yeah. play. We talk about quarterback play. Listen to this for Connor Wigman. I don't care if you're playing on air. This is impressive. 25 of 29, 337 in a touchdown. Continue. He's got all those weapons over there. We saw the emergence of Ruben Owens tonight, that talented freshman running back. I think you're going to see Texas A&M really make some noise in uh, – I, th- I think you're going to see him make some noise in in the conference play as they get started here. I'm excited to see uh, who they open up with. They got Auburn next week at home. A yeah. uh, huge game for both of those programs, but on the on the flip side of that, Chris Auburn's quarterback play is atrocious right now. Atrocious. Yeah, I, I think I think the biggest overreaction in the the league so far was everybody reacting to to what Florida State did to LSU. That was LSU didn't is didn't play well, but lost to a potential national title team. Well, and you know, did you see what just, Florida State did today. Well, yes, but but Georgia had a couple of those games last year. I, I still oh, I know. I'm by. just saying. I'm just saying. Are is there like to your point? Is there a elite team in college football this year? Because Florida State looked bad. Texas was struggling with Wyoming. Uh, Michigan was 14-6 with Bowling Green at halftime. Like, what yeah, is going I, I don't on? Know. Chris? But I mean, okay, look, look, you call them whatever you want. Florida State is one of the better teams in college football. No doubt. Top, top five team on anybody's list right now, I think, even with today. So you, you play a really good team. You just have one of those days for whatever reason, and everybody goes crazy because that's what they do in Baton Rouge when you have a game like that. And and I think – I like – I wonder if, if A&M is a close second, what happened in Miami. 
because th- that's not that's not the way we would have drawn up A&M losing a game, right, where they can't stop the pass, because even when they were a losing team a year ago, that wasn't an issue. So I, I thought maybe that's maybe that's something, or maybe it's just one of those one-off, just not your day. And so I, I don't think destroying ULM today, you know, no, tells but we'll us find much, out. But, we'll but find out week. if that we'll find out if that secondary has problems next week against Auburn because Auburn is not good at all in the passing game. They don't have very many weapons at receiver. So if Texas A&M struggles at all in the secondary, then we'll know there's a problem, Chris, over there because they're, they're going to be at home. I expect Texas A&M to handle business in that, in that game. And then, and then, uh, you know, Texas A&M after that will have Arkansas uh, in Dallas. So uh, yeah. Arkansas has got to get, get, you know, recuperated here but they don't have much time to do it because they have to go to baton rouge next week and that is tough after this loss to byu yeah i'm gonna take a quick look at next week um alabama old miss gets really interesting um oh, yeah. well some of these some of these games just have, have lost some luster like there's several on this list that i was really looking forward to before the season, you know, and, and now LSU Arkansas lost some luster with what happened a few minutes ago. Um, t- probably continues to lose some luster if Rocket Sanders isn't back. South Carolina, Mississippi State. I mean, um, you know that that game's in Columbia. I expect South Carolina to win it. I thought that had a chance to be interesting if if State showed up better. Normax and, being and maybe a- it was just a bad day, but. Normax being a realist here, he says, we play LSU at LSU. They're going to smoke us. <laughs> so, yeah. So there you go. I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like you almost need a <laughs> 24 hours to, to take a breath and, and, and reset and try to, you know, put, put your finger on what to take away after this week. Yeah. It's uh it's going to be interesting. I, I do think one thing is, is the quarterback play. Okay. Um, and unfortunately for South Carolina, they're getting really, really great quarterback play, but Spencer Rattler has virtually nothing around him. That is, that is a sad situation for him, but he's going to, I think he's going to do well in the pros and this year's going to help him out. You're getting okay quarterback play out of Carson Beck and out of, out of Graham Mertz. But if you don't have a running game or you don't have, uh, another element of the, of your team stepping up big time, like in Georgia's case, the defense coming around them. Right now, they haven't proven that they can take over a game yet. I do think this was a good thing for Carson Beck in terms of I think it's going to give him a little bit of confidence in how they performed in that second half. But really, if you're looking at elite quarterback play in this conference, Chris, outside of Jaden Daniels today, which he did some things okay in that first half of that FSU game, but you mentioned that was a really good team. And then Connor Wigman is playing really, really good. Jackson Dart has looked pretty good so far. But outside of that, you are you don't get any elite quarterback play in this conference right now. Well, you, you know what? And, and maybe you mentioned his name and then and, and sorting through scores and, and looking things up and, and keep an eye on Arkansas. Maybe I have missed something. But you know what? There's one name that we should have talked about by now, and I think we would greatly shortchange that, the, the kid if we didn't. Brady Cook was tremendous today. Oh yeah, I'm. I mentioned Brady and, Cook. He, yeah, 
that might have been before I was on. That that kid was a baller. I don't know if you got a chance to to see the comments. He said something along the lines of, you know, I I, I you know something like you don't know how badly I want to play quarterback for Missouri. I, I wish everybody else wanted me to play quarterback <laughs> at Missouri yeah. as, as badly as I do. Which that was that kind of tugs at your heart a little bit. Um, well, you, good, you, good, you, good, you, good for that. Good for that I. kid. I, I might be, but good, good for. Look, I've I've had a I've had a I had had a nephew that walked on. Yeah, you know, did 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 the time, ended up starting, ended up making a pro career. Um, yeah, I, I've been in the stands as as a family member of somebody I loved. You, you hear the the comments, and, and it's only magnified a thousand times if you're if you're an SEC quarterback. I listen, Brady Cook had a great year last expectations. year. He had a great I, year I, last I, year. You you root for kids like that. I think Brady Cook is going to be one of the kids I'm really rooting for going forward. Oh yeah, I, he, I he wanted he wanted badly to play for Missouri, and and you know what? Everybody has has Sam Horn this to death all off season. Everything I hear, Sam Horn was never really that close to winning the job. But you're always yeah. looking at the shiny object on the bench. And sometimes you short, I, I, you know, I, I said before the season, you could make the case that Brady Cook was a little bit better than given credit for. And now look, he's, he's not a guy that, that scares you in a lot of ways. I, I get it, but I don't know. In, in a day where just it, it all kind of broke loose everywhere, good for Brady Cook for having the moment of his career. I'm, I'm happy for that kid. No doubt, and I my my whole mantra this week when I was talking, I wasn't part of y'all's prediction video, but but in terms of when I was breaking down that game and talking about, I said, hey, the key to this is they've got to free Brady Cook, let him do some things, move him around. He's an yeah. athletic guy. Let him use him in the run game in the red zone, which they did, and then let him take shots down the field. I mean, he's when he you can't. There's certain players. I'm not putting him in the same ilk, but I'm saying like a Stetson Bennett, like a Brady Cook, where you've got to just kind of let them play a little bit of backyard ball, you know what I'm saying, and then live with the consequences. Yeah. Like, like it can't be so regimented uh, in there. You got to you got to loosen it up and let them go. Um, but and I think he's a I think he's a really good player. But I think right now elite quarterback play, like I said, Con Connor Wigman. Is is certainly giving giving you that for Texas A&M. Jackson Dart is doing doing his thing, and then Jaden Daniels uh, today. So really, really good stuff out of there. But uh, we've got another about five minutes here, Chris. What uh, what are what are some other takeaways you have uh, from from week three before we sign off here? And if you guys have any have any have any other questions, just put them in here. We'll try to hit them up. If you want to send us a super chat as well, helps us out here. Uh, you can you can send us a super chat. Uh, for we, you know, spend a lot of time doing these videos, and that always is greatly appreciated. So, um, you know, I, I was, I really didn't trust Missouri to win that game. I just didn't like their offense the, the first couple of games. I, I just didn't think, you know, Kansas State's a team that's been there, it's been battle tested, it owned Missouri a year ago. I, I didn't trust Missouri to win to win that game today. So good, good for good for Missouri. Happy to be proven wrong on that one um this one isn't going to get a lot of coverage and and i feel horrible for him because i think he's a a first class human being but I don't, I don't know how clark lee puts it together going forward at vanderbilt that lost a horrible one tonight 
Uh, Vanderbilt was up 17-0 in that game. Uh, came back, tied it late. Had had a couple of just head-scratching moves down the stretch. Um, I, I, I think that's a thing to watch. I think um, a lot of eyes are going to be in Knoxville next week uh, because you knew the minute Joe Milton lost a game like that. It, what did I tell you, Chris? What was you, my bold you, you prediction? Called, you called that before the season. And I, I don't know that tonight was was Joe Milton's fault. Well, he's not um, accurate. He he misses throws constantly. Like yeah, yeah. He just can't. He's not accurate. Their defense didn't show up like I thought it would. You know that that game, and we talked about that one a little bit. We said game flow was going to be important there because if Florida got a lead, what was it going to do? It, it was going to uh, try to sit on it. the ball and and do what it does. And and Florida had given up. I think had given up 47 defensive snaps all year. Tennessee got off 64, which is is good against them, but they played from behind the whole time. Yeah, um, no doubt, no doubt. Hey, th- so, this is interesting. The Zoo uh, is playing at the at the Lou Old Rams Dome next week versus oh, yeah, Memphis. Memphis. What a great opportunity for recruiting uh, to go play in a dome, play in St. Louis for, for Missouri. I, I know you can't have visits and stuff, but they can neutral site games like that. You can invite people to come watch you play and, and playing in that dome and stuff like that. And you could see, you could see Missouri go to four and oh, I mean, you know, and then, and then, you know, have, have a really, really big game uh, coming next. So they, they've got, or Vanderbilt, they could be five and zero oh with LSU coming to town on October seventh hey, after that Vanderbilt that, game. I, I will go one step further. I, I don't feel great about them beating LSU. They could be seven and one going to into, into a bye week. Oh yeah, no I mean doubt. because you know can, Vanderbilt they're they're going to win that one. They got to go Kentucky, to Kentucky. After Kentucky LSU, they, they got a tough. they got a good shot in South Carolina. They've got a shot. Oh no doubt. Seven one no might doubt. be a lot to bite off, but I mean that that could have been a and look, Eli Drinkwitz is recruiting really well. Now the criticism is. is that he's not made the most of his some of these studs that he just goes and that well, they, he they tried sign to ruin these, it for him today. Well, they they sign maybe they sign these high school kids and then they go recruit over them in the portal, and so maybe you just never know. But you know, that, that that's a guy that I think has been feeling it for a while. Um now that the pressure's off and they won a big game, uh, yeah, maybe. You know, maybe and that's same with Brady Cook. You know, what is that? Is that just what Eli Drinkwitz in Missouri needed? I think that's going to be fascinating to watch. It's going to be, to me, it's going to be who can take what you know the good fortune and turn something into it, and who's not going to crumble under the pressure. Um, yeah. you know, oh, again, Ten- Tennessee is one to watch. Um, Arkansas, there was a, there's a fire Sam Pittman comment in here. I, I think they feel they should be better. I think that one's kind of harsh given what he took over, but I'm not the one making the call there. Um, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that I haven't even had, had the time to unpack because today was just so unusual in so many ways, but those are, those are some things that I'll be thinking about when I think about SEC football tomorrow. Yeah, I'm. I want to see if uh, if Frank Harris gets back for UTSA because UTSA didn't have Frank Harris against Army, and they they lost uh, they lost to Army. But UTSA is a team that has you know 
played a lot of good football over the last couple of years. And Frank Harris has been there for like for seven yeah. years. So I wonder if he gets back and, you know, if Tennessee struggles early, like they did with Austin P, you know, is that when the change comes for Nico over there? Um, because we'll see. We'll what was see. the injury with Frank Harris? I don't know. He was at, I, he, I just know he was out for that army game. He didn't, he okay. didn't play um, for him in that. So, but uh, guys, we're, we're coming up on, on a just a couple minutes left here if there's anything else that you have uh you know charles conway says missouri challenged georgia last year don't sleep on that factor because senior year change listen a little bit different going to going to sanford i know that they struggled but i i think that may be a tall order there i think i think carson beck like brady cook is only going to keep getting better i think those are two quarterbacks that i think are you're going to see continue to progress because chris one thing that they're doing is that they're both making good decisions with the football. You know yeah. what I'm saying? They're not they're not putting it in harm's way. Uh, and I think you're going to see Carson Beck continue, especially with Ladd McConkey getting back. Uh, I think Ladd McConkey is not being out really hurts this team in terms of uh, spark, a leadership, things like that. And, you know, I, I said one thing you got to point out with Georgia. Stetson Bennett was an emotional leader in terms of, you know, had a lot of swagger, a lot of confidence. And then Nolan Smith was a unbelievable emotional leader for Georgia. I don't know who the emotional leader is right now uh, for yeah. Georgia. That's that's what I think the problem is. They don't have the leadership. Um, so we'll we'll see how that goes. Yeah, and, and maybe maybe Carson Beck's that guy. It's hard to to step in right away after Stetson Bennett was that guy and was, um, you know, just had a unique personality. Um, you can't. You got to come in and be who you are. I don't know the makeup of Carson Beck's personality, but you know what? He's very. He's very like. He's very even killed. He's not okay. an emotional guy. Kirby Smart said in his press conference today. He said one thing y'all need to understand about Carson Beck. He is not emotional. And, and Kirby then Kirby then followed it up and said that is the opposite of me because <laughs> Kirby is very emotional. Well, and, and they pointed something out on the on the broadcast today. I, I thought it was good, and, and, and in a way, it might have been a little tougher for you know they're down they're down eleven at half. They've got a big winning streak. They got all expectations, and I don't know. In, in some ways, it might have come a little bit easier on the road than at home. Yeah. But uh, you know, Carson Beck made some throws in the second half of that game, and and I think that that might be one that you know because you you can't have confidence the way you can have confidence once you've been out there and done it. You think you got confidence, but you just don't know till you hit the big stage and you hit a spot like that. To me, that's one of those, is Kirby smart? Like, if you could pick it to happen like that, you, you probably do. I mean, you don't want to be down 11 because you don't know what's going to happen. It you, half, know the last but, time, you know the last time Carson Beck started a game before uh, the UT Martin game this year? What he played high school ball in Texas, right? No, in Florida, 2019. Okay. In 2019, because the 2020 yeah. year he was a freshman at Georgia in the COVID year. Uh yeah, and we, we so, didn't know what COVID was at that point, right? Yeah, but I mean, well, I mean, they were playing empty empty stadiums and stuff that year. He was it, that was his freshman year when Stetson Bennett actually took over in that Arkansas game. And he told he told the media the 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 crew working the game today, he said, Hey. I went out there at UT Martin and I felt like I couldn't breathe. He said, that's yeah. how nervous I was. So I think as he gets more and more reps, they're going to be good uh, and be be able to, to get some things going. They're not as elite as they have been. I don't think anybody in college football is. 
you you see the Eagles defense over there and you can't you just know you can't be that elite over there because a lot of guys are in the NFL but uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles over there having a ton of Georgia Bulldogs but yeah Chris we've been we've kind of covered covered every part of the conference here uh you know other than other than maybe diving deep into Kentucky, other than Kentucky the mop-up games, well, yeah. did we? You did you talk much about the Alabama quarterback situation? I know we touched on that game, but that's another one. I said I don't know how it's so bad in a in a in a yeah. in a situation where you know they've been so elite offensively. You would think you would just have guys flocking in to take that take that position to to you know, and they they just haven't recruited in the way. Now they've yeah. got a guy in Julian saying next year. That's supposed to be all world that he's probably going to have to play as a freshman coming in, but it right now it's not just the quarterback. They are awful on the offensive line as well. That yeah. I, I mentioned that they're you know everybody talks that they're three hundred they're averaging over three hundred forty pounds across the line, but they can't move at the tackles and elite yeah. pass uh, pass rushers are just blowing right by them. Yeah, I, I think to me it's it's got to be either. Either Simpson, although I don't know if he's is, is Tyler Simpson ready to beat Ole Miss. Listen, I, I, I agree not. with this. Uh, I, I know I think, I, yeah, well, and that's where I was going to go. I think you've got to play Milrow at this point. At least he gives you something with his feet, where he's a threat, and you've got a game plan against it. Neither of those other two guys scared me at all today. If I'm a defensive coordinator, so yeah, Chris, think about it this way. Justin Fields, when he was at Georgia, he struggled reading defenses. He goes to Ohio State. What does Ryan Day do? Ryan Day says, we're going to cut the field in half. We're going to move the pocket. We're going to get you get you out. And and now what are they doing with the Chicago Bears? The same thing. Justin Fields isn't making full field reads. They're using his – he rushed for 1,000 yards last year in the NFL as a quarterback, okay? Jalen yeah. Milrow can rush for 1,000 yards for Alabama. He's that kind of elite runner. Got to use his legs the right way. Don't just drop him back like they did all night against Texas – um crazy crazy stuff yeah. but anything anything before we wrap up here chris anything you want to tell the people uh no we'll be back at it on monday from 11 to noon with sec daily we'll we'll start rolling out predictions um probably monday morning depending on when you and i can get together and uh um, yeah, tomorrow night we'll start again recording some of those today was such a, a crazy day i i've not had time to process uh, everything and I'm, I'm sure there's some big things that, that we missed but yeah seven u north hall junior trojans we're two and oh okay we won 18 to <laughs> hey, six so are the morning. so are the chiefs um yeah <laughs> my, my kid had a two-point conversion and a pick today um nice nice so foot, youth football is going well uh youth football is going well the, but thank these you chiefs guys beat beat those lions uh unlike the nice. way it happened in the nfl so Nice, nice. So, guys, we appreciate everybody tuning in. Like Chris said, we will have uh, predictions coming out on Monday morning, so stay tuned for those. Uh, and, of course, our full week of, of content that is just absolutely loaded. Like, subscribe, turn on notifications. Chris, go ahead and send us home, man. Yeah. Um, didn't give much of a shout-out to our sponsors, Chomps and My Perfect Franchise. Uh, Chomps is new with us. Uh, you see this package. I got it yesterday. It's empty because the product is that good and it's good for you. So be sure and check out those guys. We've got promo codes on some of our other videos and uh, myperfectfranchise.net. My my buddy Andy Ludicky, uh works with them. They're a, a company that matches you with franchises that fit your needs. 
Uh, so we talk more about those on our, our weekday shows. But thanks to those guys. Uh, thanks for the audience. I know it, it took a little bit of a hit tonight as I was a little later getting to this than than I planned. Uh, but that's how it goes sometimes. And uh, yeah, lots lots to talk about all next week. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in for Chris Lee. I am Blaine Gilmer. We'll catch you guys next time to talk more SEC football right here on Southeastern. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.